You're listening to Prep Insider Radio with your hosts, Tommy Morris. Good. This is nothing to do with Sage Creek Baseball, I'm sorry, but have you seen a series of fortunate events? Christian Pedersen. I mean, I'm out here grinding. I'm putting in hours. I'm getting there at 5 a.m. to cheer on the water polo team at practice. I'm showing up to our basketball team. I'm showing up to our football games. We don't even have a football team, and I'm supporting that. Noah Laxina. And Noah Laxina's number three tip for Valentine's Day is... Chill, man. Things are going to be all right. I don't want to force it. Let it happen. You're going to be all right. And Bodie De Silva from Scorebook Live. I mean, he brought basketball into that one. I got to give him 9 out of 10. I like that. What's up, sports fans? It's Christian Pedersen and Tommy Morris today. We are uh, rolling in the studio together. We've got Cameron Beecham joining us from Oceanside High School. He is a Sun Devil to be. Um, going to be going yeah, going right. forks. It's forks up, right? That's what we yeah. say now to you. Uh, what's going on, man? Thanks for being forks on the up. show. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you guys? I'm doing pretty well. Um, first off, is the CIF championship ring uh, available within reach that we can see? Um, any any hardware that we can we can get to at some point during this interview? Uh, no. Ah, dang. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't I don't like to, I don't like to show it off. Oh, uh, what? Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, we apparently. Why, why are you are you scared you're gonna like lose it or something? What what's the what's the? Yeah, why don't you like showing just, it off? I never open the box, so I what? I'd like so never you... like to show it off or like. Have you? But have you put seen it? On, it? Really? Yeah. Are you sure that you actually have one, or do you, you just have an empty box in your house, and someone has told you there's a championship ring in there? <laughs> no, I have one. <laughs> He's actually seen it. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, look, we got a lot to get to, but can we start with your commitment to Arizona State? Uh, that has to feel pretty awesome. What finally made that decision for you, though? Why did you choose ASU? Um, it felt like an immediate family. Like as soon as I got the offer, it felt like an immediate family and they just kept talking to me constantly. Um, and like telling me how I would fit in their system. Um, I was in zoom meetings and they were showing me the offense and stuff like that. Um, showing how I wouldn't be a tight end. I would be like a, a hybrid because I know I like to play outside receiver a lot. And it also, the virus also happened to help with it because I couldn't go on like visits and stuff. And, I've been over there before, and I was there a lot for basketball. So it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, so with, with the virus, have you been able to go over there? How many times have you been able to go over there? Have you been able to meet Coach Herman in person? What's that process been like? Kind of you, you guys have, like, the weirdest year ever for recruiting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't been able to meet him in person. I've talked to him over a FaceTime. Um, I've talked to multiple coaches over a FaceTime over like a normal phone call, Zoom call, stuff like that. I've been to their campus before, but as a basketball player, and um, I, I obviously I'm not a basketball player anymore. And um, yeah, I've, I've just been over there. I've never really like met the football staff in person. Does it I've leave you really it, on the field or anything? Once you stop playing basketball, are you no longer a basketball player? I, I I sort of thought being a basketball player was kind of like a lifelong commitment. Like once you once you started to play basketball, it never really left. But you're saying you are no longer a basketball player in any way, shape, well, or form. I'm saying I'm not like a I'm not like fully committed to the basketball thing. But you'll anymore. still you'll like st- I used to be fully invested. I used to like want to be like in the NBA stuff like that. And then I, like, figured – because I've never really liked football, to be honest with you guys. I've never really liked it. But 
when, I, what, okay, then when did when did that I change? Found that this is a way to for my future to be uh, successful. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. What you're saying though is that if we were at the gym, you'd still run. You'd still run ball with us, correct? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's all. That's all I asked for is that you're still maintaining that competitive edge. Um, last season, what what what? I mean, what are the main memories that stick out? What's the lasting experience been like for you uh, from that last football season that you guys had? Um, I honestly like that we were underdogs all like the whole playoffs. Um, the worst thing that happened is that we we blew a lead to EC. Obviously, they're going to talk about that for like the rest of their lives. <laughs> but the best thing that happened for me, uh, my favorite game was Corona Del Mar. Because they thought they were just going to come in and like drop fit on us. Stuff like that. And we actually held on. But it was just something to learn from. It was just a great experience, a great learning season. So coming into this season, yeah. we've seen you play, I think, pretty much every single position. And I know when you get to college, you told us you're going to be that hybrid position. But so far in high school, what is your favorite position to play? Um, During practice, um, I've been transitioning to, like, do more tight end stuff. And it's, it, it, it's getting easier. So I'm starting to like tight end a lot. But I'm always going to be, like, outside receiver type of guy, like, in my heart. It's always going to be outside receiver. Like every tight end in their hearts an outside receiver though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you also got to remember he's got a he's got a brother who who threw the ball pretty well right. at quarterback. So they probably just worked out a, a, a natural dynamic there. One throws, one catches. Um, uh, touchdowns wise, um, man, it, it it feels like the football season is still like a million miles away, but at the same time, it is only technically fifty days away. So. What are you guys doing now? What What is it? I mean, is it still just all Zoom meetings? Are you guys back in the gym together in some format? How have you been keeping, you know, ready for this football season? Um, Some guys, uh, we will, like, assemble some guys. Not a lot. Um, Just to, like, go run routes with our quarterback, stuff like that at a different park. Um, we're allowed to have limited practices, like, practices with, like, no contact and stuff. So we do that. We, like, work out, do stuff like that. No pads or anything, just working out with the team. Um, I can, obviously, I, socially distanced. I can never tell if the no contact Stuff practice like that. is something that football players like or hate because they. I feel like they never want to admit it, but they don't really love like cracking pads Not a ton during day. practice and, and doing that every day. Uh, but it's like kind of like that manly macho thing of they, they got to give off that that presence of uh, when it always hit. What have you been up to? I mean, school a little bit, work out a little bit, but, I mean, have you picked up any new hobbies? Are you listening to any new music? What have you been doing with all your spare time during quarantine? Um, I picked, I, I started lifting a lot. And that's I've a always good hobby. been a music guy, <laughs> so that's not new to me, but I've gotten more and more into music. Well, then what are you listening to? Um, what, are you getting, what, are, what have you been getting more into? More into, uh... Yeah. Uh, my quarterback Jacob Harris, he uh he started putting me on like more chill, chill music, more '80s music, stuff like that. Okay. He sent me a playlist the other night. All right. I like it literally every day. Would you mind sharing that playlist with us so we can put it on our Spotify for everyone to check out? Uh, I'll have to ask him. Deal. Run that up the chain, please. We, yeah. if he is okay with we'll that, have we... our people talk to your people who will talk to their people. <laughs> we'll figure out if we can do this. Uh, have, yeah, <laughs> have your assistant talk to his assistant and see if we can all get this worked out. Um, 
Tommy, these aren't D1 college football players. Well, these are D1 high school. Okay, well, speaking they don't of that, have personal Okay, assistance. well, speaking of that, your older brother, obviously. I thought it, you were going to ask about recruiting violations. No, D1, D1 football players. Your brother's up in Idaho now. What has he told you sort of about college football and what the transition is like from high school to college? Um, Honestly, we don't really talk about football because he like doesn't really like to talk about it. Um, but like college-wise, he says – that like the meetings get like a repetitive and stuff <laughs> and like he 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 likes being out there and he likes being away from us for like <laughs> a time period like a certain amount of time period but he like misses us at times um the practices he says they're they get easier when the season starts but before like training camp and stuff like that they're harder because you have to run more stuff like that obviously to get in shape and yeah, that's for all you really Dude, he's also me. got a winter to deal with. How's he doing on handling yeah, you don't Idaho? Have to do any winters at all. How's your brother doing with the snow in Idaho? Uh, it was just snowing a day or two ago. I think he's fine with it. I think he likes it, honestly. You got to be built a little different to go from San Diego to the snow and like love it. You know, so, wait, so when when you're in college and both your seasons are over and he's freezing in the cold, you're not going to send him a picture of you hanging out by the pool at ASU. Uh, yeah. I feel like yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, for, he'll, he'll for sure be poolside in Tempe, just soaking up the sun. Um, is there any chance that Idaho and Arizona State ever play in like a non-conference early season game, or are those just kind of out of each other's realms? Um, I haven't checked schedules like that, but I honestly hope so because I want to beat them. Yes, as, yeah. That, no, as a as a USC grad, we did play Idaho opening game once. So it, it is very very do- likable that a Pac-12. Well, then, then let's hope for that happening in the next couple years because uh, I feel like that would be a fun. I hope uh, so. That exactly. I feel like that would be a fun matchup uh, right. to to end on. Um, yeah, we really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. Um, we got a lot of, we got a lot of time till the season, but, um, Tom, you want to get us out of here on one last question? Yeah, One last question. So at Oceanside was one of the most story programs in San Diego, kind of hit a dip. And then you guys specifically the last two years really brought it back. What's it been like bringing Oceanside back to power? Um, it's really great. I'll be honest with you. Um, people around the city that start to know, notice us, um, people like constantly, I wouldn't say motivate. What was the word? Encourage. Uh, they Support. they want us to like bring bring another championship to the city. They gotcha. always like lift us up, tell us good things about what we should do, um, tell us that we have high expectations. Don't let the city down. Stuff like that. But it, it's been really good. It's really like uplifting for us as a program because we, we know the last few years they haven't been Oceanside hasn't been Oceanside really. We should put it on the poll. Um, is Oceanside the Texas of San Diego high school football? Because um, I feel like I people care. Be, yeah, yeah people care. They're a little different than everywhere else in San Diego. I, I shouldn't say everywhere. I'm all sure I just store, slandered no, somebody. Yeah, but, all the local store owners and stuff know who the players are and stuff like that. I feel like that Oceanside's kind of community. Like, have that. you have you taken a selfie or signed an autograph because you are a CIF champion? Has someone come up to you and asked for no, that? No, no, not that, not that level yet. Wait, do people still even do autograph? <laughs> are, are autographs even still like legit? Cameron, no, if you nobody, went, nobody carries a sharpie with them. It's, yeah, if you saw someone famous, you wouldn't go up for an autograph anymore, would you? You'd ask for a selfie. I, uh, me, I'm a materialistic guy, so I'd ask for an autograph. Deal. Okay, they're not entirely dead. Then we'll put that on the poll too. At SD Prep Insider, is the autograph entirely dead? Yes or no? Uh, thank you so much for being on with us, man. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, let's let's talk to you again in like 45 days when training camp has begun and everyone's back to to action. Sound good? 
Yeah, that sounds good. All right, and also, legit, our people are going to talk to your people about getting playlists. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all stay in touch there, We only man. need one song. <laughs> Just one. Your favorite. All right. Deal. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on with us, Cameron. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. I like that kid. I say that after everyone, but, but I like well, that kid. Actually, I don't even remember this back when we were in the radio. Yeah, we had him on the studio. Had, he was in there. Yeah. yeah we he, had his brother, and so he was just kind of hanging out. I'm like, you're going to be next, buddy. He's like, okay. I'm like, you'll see. His brother, man, like, you want to talk about kids that probably were not playing their primary position just because they were the big athlete on the team and they had to do it, his but they Cordell still balled Stewart. out. Is this, is this the kid we had the conversation with about Cordell Stewart and Slash? Yeah, like think, his, brother, his brother, his brother should not have necessarily, his brother wasn't a quarterback necessarily naturally by any sense, but his brother was one of the coolest quarterbacks ever because he Played was everything. just, yeah, he was just, okay, yeah, we'll run the ball 35 times this game. Okay, yeah, we'll throw the ball 35 times this game. Coach, I'll do whatever you want. I, I just want to keep scoring. Please help. Um, man, little did we know that at that point that they would become a destroyer of postseason worlds only a couple years later um you're listening to san diego prep insider uh thank you for sticking with us through our guest christian Pedersen, tommy morris tommy we got uh, a little bit of time here i would just like to ask you a question um yes you are a coach of the junior varsity and freshman levels i think technically you do a little varsity you're just a coach i don't know if i count i don't know i don't know why it, I, I, it counts as babies so I, I apologize for doing that, <laughs> that that distinction there but you i'm giving a little context for the listeners but you are a coach um this week, we have seen two coaching retirements. Mike Hastings from Point Loma and uh, John Singer from uh, Helix, um, Point Loma Football Helix Basketball. Both of them decidedly uh, on the older end of the spectrum, not defining what age that is for anybody, but just they've been around for 20. Both of them had had 20-plus year runs of coaching. Like Singer specifically uh, cited his health immunocompromisation in uh in the article in the union tribune about a factor if he just he's not ready to be part of it this season so he's stepping away i wanted to ask do you think there's going to be a, a, a an increase in coaches stepping away this season like could we be facing an, a, a potential shortfall that we have not addressed yet in any show that we're not going to have the refs we're not going to have the coaches we're not going to have the support staff necessary to successfully get this season done because we have not accounted for those are some of the more at-risk populations and those are some of the more you know uh, uh, risky demographics to be a part of in the middle of a pandemic when even though we're taking PPE measures, there still is no vaccine. You're still some element of risk involved, no matter how. I, right, and I think a lot of it too, the word retirement is different than the word um, absence of leave or something like that. I'll come back when this is all cleared up. They're, the coaches they're hiring are not interim coaches. They're permanent. So I, I think with a few of these guys and Hastings specifically, I think in his situation, I think he was going to retire after the season. I don't know that for sure, but I think he was going to retire after the season. And I probably was what in his head, you know what? Like I was, I had in my brain already, that was gonna be done in December and we're going to start in December. So I don't know if this is really worth it for me and my family. Cause I, I think he has other plans. So that makes sense to me as far as basketball coach is concerned. I, I really think if you're going to look at this, you know, as a doctor, which I'm not, a basketball coach would be more at risk because you're indoors. Football coach is probably a little bit easier to separate yourself, even to the point where if you were really that concerned, you could get up in the press box and yell instructions from up there. So, and be in your own. You'd be Hugh Freeze coaching exactly. from a hospital bed exactly. up in the yeah. press booth. So, there, there, there are ways around it. In football, basketball, there's really nothing you can do. So, I, I think anyone – 
we're we're at the point now where I think everyone has kind of assessed the risk that's involved and knows what they're comfortable doing and what they're not comfortable doing. For me personally, there's things that I'm not comfortable doing that some of my friends are comfortable doing. And likewise, there's things I'm comfortable doing that other people that I'm friends with are not comfortable doing. I'm not comfortable being in a room with 20 people. You know, I'm very comfortable being outdoors with that amount of people. And if yeah, we're, we're, mask, we're not I'm in fine. this studio together very long in the world. No, I, mean, yeah. I have no problem doing this, but, but some people that I associate with would have a problem doing something yeah. like this. I, I, I don't view that. So everyone has their own level of risk that they're willing to take. And you've got to do what's best for you. And I think that's it. it we're kind of in a weird situation because who knows how long this will last realistically. I think every single facet of life has changed and people have done a good job relatively in making everything as safe as possible. I, I am a type of person too. I feel comfortable going out to eat dinner at a restaurant. I think the restaurants have done a very good job making sure everything's safe. So if, if I can assess the situation and assess the risk and view, okay, my chances are pretty good here doing this. I'm cool with it. But again, there's certain people who have certain conditions that have to take more precautions and person like I would have to. And I fully respect that and fully understand that. And I don't think anyone should be, you know, should feel uncomfortable or ashamed if they have to, if they have to step aside or they can't go into the office or they can't do this, they can't do that. It's just part of, it's part of the way it is right now. So what's well, me part of part of the, this is part of the contextual understanding of what we represent as an entity, which is supposedly supposed to be the voice of the wider base of San Diego high school sports and not just football, basketball, baseball. There are a ton of coaches on sports like cross country and volleyball and whatever that are off campus coaches that are not already part of that eco. Like they're not not part of the bubble. They're not already part of that ecosystem, part of that bubble tested and in, and they just do it because it's just something that's always been there. Side, like I'm not even necessarily talking head coaches. I'm talking more. What if the head coach shows up and, she's the only track coach that shows up because all of her other assistants are all, well, no, we just don't want to do this. Can you functionally run a team with that? What happens if, you know, a a volleyball coach gets sick with the virus and then the other coaches step away and say, well, look, this is right. We just don't want to do like, I'm worried about that kind of stuff because I think that, yes, you can convince enough head coaches to come back across the board that you won't be like, oh, like no no head coaches from Otay Ranch showed up. There is no programs. I'm not worried about that necessarily. I'm just worried about to functionally do the way some of these programs do. Not everybody is blessed with like the Torrey Pines lacrosse coaching staff where they have 700 people in a in a duffel bag in the right. locker room that they can just keep adding to the coaching staff. Well, and I think we kind of talked about this earlier. This, this might not impact if we, in theory, and I think we will, if we have a seasons like we're supposed to starting in December, I don't think it'll affect the varsity level that much. I think it will affect the lower levels. When we've talked about this and you, just, you hit the nail on the head. It's harder to find assistant coaches now because some people say maybe it's not worth it this year. So maybe you don't have two JV soccer teams. You only have one. Maybe you don't have a freshman team. You make them play JV. All these things I think are very, very plausible. And it's just for exactly the point you said there, you had to turn it sideways for the camera. I finally looked over there and I saw what we're doing. Just keep going. (laughs) And I, yeah, I I think it will affect the lower levels. And I guess the good news is at least for the people in lower levels who are a little more affected, at least they're younger and they'll have more years to get, get their opportunities where as the older kids, this is probably their last go at it. So I, Look, it, that, it, it's, no, it's not. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be one hundred percent good. No matter. No matter what. It's just what's on is. my it's mind just, right now. It's yeah. just, it, it's where my mind is at. That I am 
okay, great, let them play, don't let them play. I don't really care. I don't think CIF is going to make a decision. I think that it's the individual school districts that are going to be the good guys or the villain through all this equation. Like, okay, great, whatever. I'm just now worried that, or maybe not even worried, I'm just curious that, that, okay, we bring back the opportunity to play, but will the functional uh, support system that is needed to do it be there? And I just don't, I don't have a way to understand whether or not it really will. And that worries me that some of this season is just going to be so messed in. It's just going to be messy. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. Yeah, it's it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be fun. It's going to everything is going to be crazy because no matter what, we're going to get like seventy eight championships in twenty eight days, and we will drink it all like a fire hydrant that is busted open on a hot city street, and we will, uh, you know, just be engulfed in it. But like weird teams are going to be there. Some teams are going to be like, well, wait, how did they get good this year? Oh, they got seven trains. Like it's, and my equation right now is just, I don't know how you tell some schools, sorry, your freshmen can't play any sport this year because we don't, we can't get enough coaches, but you can't draw all of them up to varsity. Like it's just, it, ugh, it I don't have a good into this discussion. It's just an open-ended one that maybe I need to hear from some other coaches. Maybe I need to hear from some more people, but I see a couple of those older guys starting to go and it's like, you're, you're, I think you're totally right. Mike probably had a plan in mind that in the next two or three years he was, or maybe it was even this year that he was going to step away and retire. He's 26 years in, maybe he was going to 30, like four years out. But even then that's on the horizon and he probably saw, okay, great. I just, I see that those as the obvious first people to happen in a domino effect of or a or an or you know a graph upward curve of, as it starts to unfold. These would be the tip of the iceberg to retire. So I'm scared, man. Um, maybe I, maybe it's all. Don't unfounded. be scared. You're fine. There, there's and also again, there's plenty of young coaches who are you know, chomping at the bit to try and get those opportunities. So there will be people filling in the spots. Like if it affects anyone, it'll affect the younger levels. And if it affects them, it'll just be merging smaller teams. And you also have to keep in mind. Some parents probably don't want their kids to play anyway, so the the numbers, the number of kids that won't be allowed to play because the parents should even out with the number of coaches that can't coach that's for the same reason. Yeah, so a, I, I think it, it'll end up it'll end up working. That's a debate that we got to throw back onto social media. Is if you're a parent of a freshman right now, are you going to let anybody play? I don't know why. Um, we all parents to... of people that I know of freshman days are dying to get their kids out of the house. So they would definitely say yes. They, 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 <laughs> deal. Fair enough. <laughs> Single or not single, but no, no parent or, or, or no, no kid on my end. Um, uh, yeah, look, I think that maybe also we're just all going a little stir crazy in terms of we can see sports, but we don't have sports. It's not like this, like we're, we're about a normal off seasons where we're a normal summer is away from sports starting. We're just used to having a U-ball and or summer pass, like spring passing league for football seven on seven. Like, well, also, it's been six months. It's also, but yeah, so we're just, so, we're, we're in a, I feel like we're ooh, just. It's seven months now. Yeah, you know, we're just revved up and we're ready to go. I, I yeah, I mean, we talk about this every week, I feel like, but. Well, that's where we're stuck at. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so look, I, th- I think we can close it on that, Tommy, but let, let's just say that going forward, um. Can I end on optimism? Yeah, sure. Still have not had or not heard of any transmission between teams competing against each other in soccer or football. So outdoor sports so far have been clean. And then if you look at, I, I'm plugging him on accident, but it, it is what it is. Uh, Dr. Chow, Pro Football Doc's website, he has a very good article about how 
with they have all the chips and the SEC players' uniforms, and none of them have been near each other long enough to transmit the virus throughout the course of a game, including linemen. So that is all good news. Yes, I certainly think that. Uh, I don't. I don't believe I've made the argument on air. I, I know I've made it off air, but um, everyone that's clamoring for the the science shows, let them play now, should just already be excited that come late December, early January, we will be we will be even more months of validated science that we're comfortable doing. Yeah, this. I, I don't get the whole um, now part of that argument. It's I don't. Like, we're scheduled. It's fine. Just wait. Yeah, and, and 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 to go along with that, yes, it's nice to see that the viral load theory. Um, seems to be relatively accurate that it's all internal team problems it's 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 if group a gets it they don't play group b and give it to group b it's just that a ton of people in group a end up getting it yeah and then group a is nuked um yeah like i'm not i'm not pessimistic i think the se- I, I i shouldn't say i think i know this season's going to happen the question is just what is it going to look like I don't think it's an if it's going to happen or if it's not going to happen i the cif to my understanding is going to say we plan on still hosting our tournaments for postseason play at these dates and these times. You guys just have to figure out a way to qualify for the minimum number of points to be considered in the playoffs. And if it's everybody and a traditional full year, great. And if it's not a traditional full year, okay, great. We'll take six teams in Division Three basketball playoffs. We'll take five teams in the Division One football playoffs if there's only five teams in the whole Division One. Like, they just plan on playing. And it's up to all of the member schools to play. So... Right now, I'm I'm not going to say 100%, but I'm overly confident that there will be a season. So that, that's where I'm at. It's just a, what the heck is it going to end up looking like? Um, Tommy, any closing notes? Go sports. Go sports. Uh, thank you to Cameron Beechin for putting up with our nonsense um, and giving us a moderate video to work with for social media there of mostly just the back of his room. And the top of his head. And the top of his head. Always appreciate it. All right, folks, thanks for listening to another Prep Insider. We are another week closer to sports. Tommy, 50 days. That is all we are until training camp opens up. Talk to you guys later. Feels like tomorrow.